the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. Hello! Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality and the metaverse. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. So today I want to start by sharing something that happened this week. I recently had the pleasure of being a judge at the XR Awards hosted by XR Today, which was really fun and amazing to see so many incredible entries. One of the entries that I judged included an immersive leadership training simulation, and that's really cool. I honestly think that VR is a perfect place to train and practice skills that have often been ignored. But what immediately stood out to me about this particular entry was that all the avatars in this leadership training program were big, burly men. I watched all the way through their promo, I scrolled through their website, and still I didn't see any variations on this masculine avatar. And this made me think a couple things. Number one, that this program was not meant for me. I, as a woman, am not their intended audience, and I wouldn't feel comfortable in this simulation. Number two, WTF. In a virtual world where we can be anything, androgynous, dogs, blobs, what have you, this company has chosen to exclude half of the world's population from their product on leadership. And finally, just disappointment. Moving into virtual spaces, we have the opportunity to create something that could right generations of wrongs and could be used as a tool for empowerment rather than subjugation or something that reinforces negative, tired, and untrue stereotypes. Then, when I was with the other judges, the only woman on the panel, I found that the guys had rated it quite highly. And when I pointed out that part of the reason I hadn't rated it as highly was because of the lack of representation and how that felt exclusive, discriminatory, and offensive. And it turns out that my fellow judges hadn't even noticed that all the avatars presented as butch men. We can do better, and we must, which is why I am thrilled to welcome this month's guest, Dr. Larice Froberg. She is a former political leader and women's movement activist. As a serial entrepreneur, published author, and innovation expert, she founded Tara Quest in 2021, a safe virtual space where women can acquire, practice, and perfect leadership skills. Welcome, Louise. Welcome, Amelia. So great to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. So to begin, would you mind sharing a bit about your story and how you got started in this industry? Of course. So as you mentioned, 
I come from a very different background, background of public policy, of women empowerment in this space, but also from innovation. And it was the pandemic that really brought me to this place and in this industry, because I am also a mom of four, and my oldest boys were 11 and 13 at that time, spending an increasingly amount of time in the virtual worlds and being the mom of that loves connection with their kids, I just wanted to follow them and see what, what they're doing, what they're up to. So I was started gaming, Fortnite, Minecraft, and was really surprised seeing them being in guilds and groups with their friends, doing a lot of the things that we would call 21st century skills, critical thinking, creative problem solving, and most importantly, leadership skills. So I had this idea of creating a space like that for women to accelerate in leadership. And I dove in head first and started making this a reality. And this was how I got started in this industry. That's such a great story. I love that. And um, maybe you could uh, share a bit more about what Tara Quest is and, um, and why you personally felt a need to start a virtual training program for women in leadership. Absolutely. So Tara Quest is a hands-on leadership experience taking place in virtual worlds. I am a firm believer that you can only learn leadership through actually doing it. And most importantly, and most people don't like this, but it's about failing. It's about making great mistakes, doing it again, and then improving. And I found that making, making mistakes and just role-playing things, scenarios that remind us of the real world in virtual, in the virtual, is such an amazing way because it's fun. You can do it with others together. And we actually get to experiment and try out different things that we might be too afraid to try out in the real world and you know, might also be too risky to try out. So what I really want to achieve here is for women to have this safe experimentation space and to have this way of practicing what seems difficult and challenging, but also to really grow more confident. Because when we have these small wins, they add up and we start to see our strength. And this really enables us to change this narrative in our head that often tells us we're not good enough. We didn't do well enough. And that's something that a lot of women unfortunately experience. And we want them to change this narrative because I believe that when we change these stories in our head, we change our lives and trajectories. I love that you mentioned, you know, a safe space to fail and how that's actually such a process or part of the process of, of learning and learning from other people. I think especially as women in the technology industry, we um, very much can put pressure on ourselves to not, you know, have those expectations that we we can't fail, you know, and we have to always not just be 100%, but 200%. And, um, and I think that is a, a really good um, thing to point out. Um, with, with um, Tara Quest, what are some of the other key areas that it explores under this umbrella of leadership? And then what are some of the methods that you use to teach people these skills? We have talked to hundreds of women and asked them what is their biggest pain or biggest need. And three things really stand out here. 
The first is what I just mentioned, the debilitating, limiting self-beliefs, this self-doubt. And it really cuts across industries and career levels. Almost all of the women have this at several points in their lives and careers, and it's really holding them back. And we, we really help them understand how many things, how many assets, how many gifts they have and where they show up and how to use them. We do that through role-playing, but also most importantly, through creative expression in the virtual. For example, we let them build a confidence temple where they put all the sources and evidence of their accomplishments in there to go back to, to make visible and to really express things that might be hidden in our subconscious. And the second area is showing up as a leader. This is really difficult for a lot of women. If we don't show up as leaders, we might not be perceived as leaders. And this includes things like setting healthy boundaries, just saying no to things that are not okay, or negotiating for more, negotiating for a salary increase, for example. And the third thing is uh, that really holds women back is navigating difficult and conflictual conversations. That's something... It's frankly an important, most important area for every leader. And it's really hard to do to, you know, hire and fire someone to give feedback immediately to someone who is not taking it well. And all these things can be practiced. So we do role plays, some that are more fictional where we invent a story, some that are more real world business scenarios that where we really recreate the real world. And both have different uh, pros and cons to it. And we, we try to complement traditional coaching with those role plays that really help us understand and see more deeply. All three of those areas really speak to me. I think, you know, a, a lot of it is stuff that we have to kind of, or until this point, have had to kind of learn on our own and kind of, you know, uh, uh, struggle with, I guess. So something like this, I think would have been amazing to have, especially when I was starting out in my career to be able to practice those. I mean, some of those things I still kind of struggle with today, those confrontational talks and stuff, and to be able to rehearse that and role play it and find out, you know, what the best use of language is. And then also, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, to go through all those things in an active sense, rather than just have it percolate in your mind until you make yourself crazy, um, I think is so amazing. And I love that idea too, about the, the temple of all the things that remind you of who you are and your skills and, and, um, and your potential as well. I think it sounds incredible. Um, so who exactly are your audience and, um, and how do people find you and come to you? And then I guess also, is this something, I mean, to me, it sounds like yes, women, but I know a lot of men who could probably benefit from this as well. Are you thinking about expanding into, into everyone? Great question. Right now, we're aiming at women in male-dominated industries and mainly women in tech. Tech is one of the spaces that shapes our, all of our lives uh, in, in ways we have never imagined. Just think of JetGPT, how this has changed all of our lives just in a, few, in a matter of just a few months. And we don't see a lot of women there. So 15% of women are actually leading in that space. And that's not enough to shape an industry. And 
have a diverse uh, view and perspectives coming in. So this is really something that we also want to change while we are aiming at the tech sector. But also it's a it's a space where women do have a lot of need for those kind of trainings and do struggle with exactly the, those things that you mentioned, those confrontational conversations and and how to make them themselves visible, how to, uh, you know, deal with a lot of stuff that is still happening in terms of harassment, in terms of biases in this sector. So they have been, have made up the majority of uh, the women in our network. And we are really going after it in a community way. We build a community uh, of women so women can become actually part of our uh, mission, become part of our project and help us create those experiences, help us test experiences, but also become part of our Discord server and engage in a, dis- in a meaningful conversation and create relationships that, you know, really supporting each other, rising up together. This is really the, the key values that we thrive on. That is so important. And also, you know, touching on that visibility, I know, you know, I've, I've come up, I've had my 10 year anniversary in this industry. And I remember when I started really having such a lack of female role models to, to look look up to or to even talk to, you know, when issues like this, um, you know, that you spoke about um, kind of occur as they inevitably do. Um, So that's, I really um, applaud you for creating that community. Um, You mentioned Discord. What are some of the platforms that you use for this training? We are currently mainly using Spatial.io for our trainings, but also have been in Minecraft and this was one of the platforms that we use because it allows a lot of creative freedom, a lot of building that uh, currently is not possible, like this kind of creative freedom in, in other on other platforms. We also tr- um, work on Engage VR, which was also a great experience. But uh, integrating those experiences and having Discord as the main landing point for building relationships is really um, what it is about for us. Uh, and... Uh, you mentioned including men, and I want to go back to that because I forgot to to speak to that. And you're so right. Actually, there is a need, and there are a lot of women. Um, sorry, there are a lot of men as well experiencing imposter syndrome. Right? We often forget that fact when we when we talk about it. It's not a female only thing, and self doubt is something very human. Right? And uh, still, we are we have decided to create women only spaces because they feel more safe at the moment for women. They open up more. They feel empowered to share, to speak up, to really come in as their full self. And that's also what role-playing is about for us. You come in as an avatar. You're not really visible as a person, right? So you feel more more like yourself. You, you become free of those inhibitions and fears that oftentimes hold you back. And that's really where this opportunity arises to see yourself in a different way and say, hey, I'm actually pretty good at asking very insightful questions. I didn't know that about myself. So uh, the safe space is something that we create and that we unfortunately right now are not uh, allowing men in. But this is really my heart to first not having to do this and like anymore. It's some, some, at some point being 
there's just I, I would wish that there would no n- not be a need for women only spaces anymore. At the, at some point, my heart would be that we don't need women only spaces, and then mi- that men and women work together in in the most efficient and beautiful ways, and really complementing each other. So hopefully we won't need that, and hopefully we can offer some experiences for mixed teams as well as uh, teams oftentimes thrive um, sorry as teams thrive on on mixed uh, constellations and this is what we want to empower as well yes no that's a beautiful thing and I also love that besides kind of leadership skills these are actual real tech skills, metaverse skills. A lot of people probably haven't even been in these spaces before. So um, to give people that kind of confidence too, that they understand this idea when we talk about metaverse and how to participate and what being an immersive world can actually do for a person, you know, living, being an avatar, um, you know, that has its own kind of psychological impacts of freedom. And um, and I love that there's kind of that layer of these experiences as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. How has the metaverse and VR experiences evolved training thus far? And how do you think that training is going to continue to evolve in the future? Excellent question. So I've seen... VR training become more common in leadership development in general. Through the pandemic, of course, I mean, this has been the big accelerator of all things digital, but also because the openness and the discussions around the metaverse have really created a lot of curiosity, a lot of openness to um, to try this out. And I love this. This is just another a new exciting platform to create more meaningful learning experiences and to really drive personal growth, leadership growth. And I see this becoming even more relevant as we see high performance and really great web-based applications coming into the play. And Spatial Iowa, for example, has made a lot of progress in performance, in terms of um, design. And I see this as a big accelerator for many people just being able to access virtual worlds and getting more proficient. And you just mentioned metaverse or virtual world skills. And for example, we don't ask for specific skills for the women coming in, but we do see that those women who have a certain tech savviness, who love tools, take much take out of the pro- programs and the workshops much more than the women that don't. So it definitely will stand or fall with the skills that people acquire, you know, feeling comfortable in those worlds, knowing how to approach someone, how to ask a questions. These are all things that might feel normal to us here in the real world or even in Zoom now, but not necessarily in those metaverse worlds. So I see those VR experiences becoming really part of leadership development and soft skill development in general and driving this forward to create something that is actually more engaging than online learning, for example. A lot of passive, you're, you're a passive consumer, a lot of content is being thrown at you and 
training in the metaverse is really different. It's it's you can actually you know, participate, you get hands-on experience, and this creates a an emotional connection that I can really attest for, and that makes it also so easy to apply things. And I would love to see this, you know, being part of the curriculum of universities, even maybe schools, to get into the soft skill training, emotional intelligence training, for example, much earlier. Yeah. I think about it too, because now, you know, even post pandemic, a lot of our work and schooling is still remote. And how much of the kind of skills that you're teaching are things that, you know, you kind of like, I remember being an intern and, you know, and, and you pick up on these kind of subtleties and you learn very quickly. Well, some people very quickly, you know, like what's right and what's wrong. And, um, but I feel like there's a whole generation who are working from home, who are only communicating over zoom with their professors, et cetera. And this gives them an opportunity to learn those kind of in-person skills that maybe that there's definitely a growing need for, I think, in our society as a whole. Absolutely. So on your website, it says that women in tech occupy less than 15% of executive roles and that a third quit within the first year. And these, these are shocking. And like I said in my intro, we have to do better. So as an industry, what do you think needs to improve and change to to make these numbers better? And and also, what can our male allies do to support? Yeah, that's shocking indeed. <laughs> and a sad truth. But, uh, I mean, we have this gap between awareness and implementation right now. A lot of companies worldwide, they know about this need. They are even willing to put in a lot of money, a lot of effort, but then somewhere along the way get stuck because you don't see the same amount of results that comparing to the investments that have been made. So I have a story that might illustrate this. In a company that is working completely remotely with a big team spread across the globe, they have mentoring programs, they have sponsorship programs, they have leadership development, but then a new hire comes in and she doesn't learn about it. She's not, nobody tells her. So unless she's coming across those opportunities by chance, she might not even, you know, use them, take, take up on this opportunity. Why? Because the company is in a very difficult transition period, growing quickly, having to, you know, deliver on a lot of numbers, a lot of pressure, and these things like leadership development are thrown under the best, like when these difficult times arise. And so they're not implemented. They're not woven into the structures, into the everyday business culture. And I think that is exactly the problem. If you don't tie diversity, equality, inclusion to business metrics, if you don't really implement it in all the structures and all the processes, it's not being implemented at all. And for the male allies, I mean, they're amazing allies and men that really have this heart for more women in their leadership circles, in their boards, across in their C-suite, uh, because they know it's diff- it's really important. It's essential for the success of the company. And they need to leverage their networks. They need to leverage their uh, voice 
their influence to really advocate for women and making them visible, giving them ways to try out leadership, to start small and and really promoting them across their company. So I think these are one of the things among many that male allies can do and that companies need to need to do. One thing when you were speaking just then that occurred to me that I hadn't really thought about before is there must be a significant cost savings to training in this way as well. You think about kind of leadership conferences where they used to maybe bring people on a retreat or something and then, I don't, I don't know, um, to teach them these skills. To be able to do this consistently um, in a group remotely, there must be um, some significant arguments to be made that the ROI speaks for itself. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's still, and I was surprised and I need to say that a lot of the companies are still very skeptical about VR training and even more skeptical about women only VR training. <laughs> so even though it has costs, it reduces costs and it's very interesting a lot of companies still go back to in-person because they feel their relationships might be suffering or the results might not be delivered in the same quality. So I think it's a, it's a process really of all the concerns, also data privacy concerns being addressed in this space and more positive. And usually when we talk to companies or individual women or individuals in general, we start with those that are very proactive, that are very open-minded and just say, let's just do a small demo and see what it does. And they're all, you know, very, very, they love it. They they are amazed by what it, how it feels like and what it does. And then they spread the word. So of course it's, it takes time to, to confront and to persuade in that way. But unfortunately, like the cost argument isn't, oftentimes isn't sufficient for people to actually go into metaverse uh, trainings full force. And I'm glad you mentioned the um, the data security aspect of it. Are there, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of the advantages of training in an immersive world, but has there been any unforeseen surprises or disadvantages that you hadn't anticipated? Yeah, so I just mentioned this, and that really does surprise me, this lack of understanding in international corporations that a female-only, women-focused training might be a good idea, might be needed. So they, the argument was like, we don't have equality issues, gender issues at our company, so why do we need a gender, gender-based training? And I was I was a bit shocked about that. And we had a role play just taking place around that to empower the women that work at that company to actually, you know, stand up for that. And what also surprised me or kind of uh, was unexpected was the way that women feel very sensitive about leadership training in general, because they have experienced too much training telling them to having to fit the mold, having to fit the system and conveying ways of, you know, enhancing this male dominated parts or this male dominated behaviors. And they feel very touchy about this. Like we don't want to change. And it takes us a lot of effort to 
to actually say them and and tell them no you can't stay the way you are you need to stay the way you are you need to be authentic it's not about changing you but that that really is an issue uh, that we need to address and in terms of technical the technical part uh, it's data privacy data security is an issue but more for companies than for individuals and as we are mainly talking to individual women, it hasn't been such a big, big hurdle for us yet. I think the biggest thing for women is the user journey into the tools. And I know the platforms like Spatial, like uh, Engage are taking a very careful approach to this. They're taking a lot of um, user research and, and improving almost on a regular basis it, making users land safely in those worlds, but it still needs a lot of onboarding, more, much more onboarding than I thought it would ever mean. <laughs> but yeah. having women feel safe in this environment, which is my, our first priority, really means giving them all the information, all the tools that they feel comfortable and safe. Yeah, thank you. That's interesting that you mentioned that um, that women sometimes have reactions about about changing. I mean, what a complex issue, actually, when I think about it, you know, about what being a leader means and also what does that mean in a yeah. male-dominated industry. And I understand that idea to sometimes conforming to uh, the path of least resistance, if you will, or something, you know, and maybe that's not as authentic as um, we we you know, would choose if we were conscious about some of these dynamics that are playing out. Uh, so that's really fascinating. And uh, I mean, what a, what a great thing you are doing by talking about these topics and getting people active around them so that it's not just a passive thing. I mentioned in the opening, you know, the thing about these immersive worlds that we're moving into, we really do have an opportunity to make different decisions than we have in the past. And I think that's part of the reason I was so offended by the opening um, thing I talked about, about the group, is it's like we don't have to bring biases or expectations or stereotypes into these worlds and how freeing that yeah. can be and liberating. So, um, yeah, really interesting. Um, we, you mentioned um, that you were working with AI integration, and uh, that sounds nice and mysterious. I'm wondering if there's anything you can tell us about that. Yes, sure. So we found that women are insanely busy. <laughs> they often, when they're leaders, they are already busy, but then they also have families to take care of and lots of, loads of other responsibilities. So it's really hard for them to attend a program six weeks, nine weeks, whatever, and all those live events and, you know, put aside this time to invest in that. And they asked us again and again, don't you have any opportunity for, for me to role play on my own? terms on my own time timing and to be in this space and have a, a self-guided experience just by myself and we have sat with that for a while and now started developing an experience where the AI is your counterpart role-playing with you and where you get also feedback basic feedback by the AI 
and that is helping you to, you know, confront uh, those issues that you just mentioned, uh, try out the different styles and still have this very low barrier, very low cost and, and just make it more widely accessible than a live experience. So this is really our heart to have this available for more women around the globe. That's why we're kind of investing a lot of uh, our time and, and efforts into that project, building also an application that is web-based and that is more independent from the platforms that I mentioned before. And of course, it still needs a human element. I will not deny that. I will not hide that. We have amazing leadership coaches that will, you know, uh, tie into the experience, give feedback, and just be having it a complementing experience of the AI as a role-playing partner and the amazing experience and intuition that the coaches, the human coaches bring into the play. Yeah, that's really cool. What a great use case. Um, and I imagine too that when you work with AI, there's um, a bunch of kind of feedback data that you can get as well from those experiences. Uh, but I also love that you said, you know, it, it is a combination. It can't just all go into human AI interaction. You would still have to have the human because there's things that you're going to get from those relationships and interactions and teachings that you're not going to get from an AI. But um, to use it as a way to um, to honor people's time and lack of time um, is very cool. So <laughs> that's really great to hear. Um, looking at the bigger picture for a minute, what is your biggest fear for the future of this industry? And then what is your biggest hope? Wow, that's a big, big question. And I would say the biggest fear that I have is that what we create in XR, in those virtual worlds, recreates the divides and the biases that we have in our real world. That is not actually, I mean, and you just mentioned, we have the choice right now and still we're creating an experience for leaders, for leaders that features only men as avatars. And I, I absolutely don't get this. <laughs> I absolutely don't get this, how this happened. But this is exactly what can happen. And oftentimes if we have people shaping the industry that are not reflecting on their biases, that don't have this counterparts or these differing perspectives in their teams that is what will happen and then it also touches on accessibility and resources i mean there are parts of population that don't have access to the metaverse don't have stable wi-fi connection don't have access to electricity and are kind of cut out of this everything that happens inside all the business opportunities all the educational opportunities and I really worry about that um, and don't want to see this divide of opportunity of business growth also becoming one that affects the entire population on this planet um, and, and is deepening the divides and the inequalities that we already have. But then um, it's also a question of how to regulate this industry. I'm really, I thought about this, and I've been on a panel about this, and it's really a very complex very, very complex issue. It's still in its infancy. We all know that. It's still evolving. But nevertheless, we need regulation. We need rules in place. And it's really hard 
to figure out which rules make sense at the moment and how to create them that they are evolving with the industry. And I also see a big gap in terms of experience and knowledge from the regulation, from the policymaker side that worries me. So moving on to the hope part, I see I'm a big, big fan of immersive technology because I see it connecting people on a deeper level. And I just love that. I love the potential for innovation. I love the potential for creativity and collaboration. And these are all parts where I've been active uh, in my career. So these, these potentials and having them being implemented for a good use, for an, an impact, a positive impact, this is really what I'm, I'm thinking about all the time. And I, they're amazing projects uh, already doing it, creating awareness for wicked problems that we have, like the climate change on our planet, and solutions that are already might be there and need funding, need scaling. So there are so many ways of you know creating impact and, and empathy for, for underrepresented groups through immersive technology that... Also, I see myself as part of this movement of using it for the good. And at the same time, we all must reflect and see and think about like what could be the potential harm. Even if we have the good in mind, there could also be harm. And it's our responsibility as leaders in this space to think about that, to anticipate that, to discuss that. And yes, so this is also why, you know, you and I talking is is so so amazing, and and I mean I know you are on a bit on a whole bunch of panels and speaking about the ecological impact of the industry as well. And raising these issues is super important. And I want to just thank you and give you a shout out for doing that, for being such a a big voice in in pointing out the risks and still believing in the positive sides. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. No, it's amazing. I, I love your work. And thank you for being such a great leader in this space. And, you know, I can't help but thinking like, I really want to join your program because there's still, you know, things that I would like to um, work on with myself when it comes to kind of leadership and things. I mean, I think about, you know, that just calling out that company in my intro, like feels unsettling to me, um, you know, and uh, but if we don't call these things out, if we don't raise these questions, you know, then it's not going to change. So it is down to that. And if it makes us feel uncomfortable or, you know, then then that is not necessarily a bad thing. But we should learn to accept these parts of ourselves as part of being a leader. And um, and so I really, really appreciate what you're doing. And if um, if we have listeners today who think that this would be a program that they want to get involved with, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you or to join the program? The best way is actually to go to our website, www.tara.quest, and to become part of our community, to join our Discord. We also have a second cohort for our six-week leadership program the end of the year coming up, and you can join the waitlist for this. But... Uh, our community is also evolving and we're going to set up role-playing jams in June where you can just bring your own topic where you can come and experience the role-playing approach hands-on and just get started. So you're very welcome to try this out as well. 
Amazing. I can't wait. And we'll be sure to share the links um, with the show notes as well so people can get in touch with you. Louise, it has been such a pleasure. Uh, always learn so much from speaking to you. And you are a real, true XR star. And thank you for being an inspiration to this community. And thank you all for listening and watching wherever you might be. We will be with you back next month. Take care.